Welcome back to the Self-Improvement Digest, your one-stop podcast for thought-provoking insights and compelling stories. Each episode, we sift through the web's richest content, carefully curated for those with an insatiable thirst for knowledge in the realm of self-improvement. So sit tight, open your mind, and get ready for an adventure of understanding and inspiration. Today's episode is brought to you by Blogcast, your personalized audio feed available on iPhone and Android. In today's episode of the Self-Improvement Digest podcast, we explore the healing power of writing. Our featured article, How Writers Can Heal Through Words by Amy Lee Kite, delves into the therapeutic benefits of putting pen to paper. Even if you've never considered yourself a writer, this writing exercise can help you process emotions and experiences in a way that can replace years of therapy. So grab a notebook and pen and let's dive in. How Writers Can Heal Through Words A writing exercise, even one 20 years late, can replace years of therapy. Written and read by Amy Lee Kite Ever since I was young, I worked through my feelings by writing. I kept a journal and consistently wrote essays and poems. That was how I made sense of my surroundings, my friends, my family, my world. It has always been so freeing. When I sit down to write, I feel more present and aware than I ever do. I share, think, wonder, imagine, hope, and remember. This is what I love to do, yet it is not always easy. This outlet of mine can also be the very thing that challenges me the most. Letting yourself feel the most vulnerable. I write when I feel, but for many of us, when we feel, we are opening ourselves up to potentially feeling pain. So many of us run. We avoid that hurt. Sometimes we are so busy that we do not slow down to think. This may be a conscious act, or we may be busying ourselves in filling the hours to inadvertently avoid having to look into the eyes of the past. I was extra reflective of this vulnerability as the 20th anniversary of my dad's unexpected death was approaching. I still remember the moment my mom entered my room the night that I had raced home from my senior year in college right after hearing the devastating news. She and I talked about the upcoming funeral, and she asked me if I wanted to speak during the service. My sisters did not want to, and immediately I felt that I would be unable to do so as well. His death was such a shock to us all. We couldn't fathom standing up there and speaking. Standing itself was challenging. To make matters worse, I had not even experienced the death of a grandparent, great aunt, or anyone. I was 21 years old, and I was about to attend my first funeral, that of my own father. Standing up during the service to share my thoughts simply did not seem like an option, like a baker who can't look at dough. The next day, my mom asked me if I maybe wanted to write something about my dad, and she would have the rabbi read it for me. She understood that standing up and speaking would be difficult, so she suggested I write. Again, without much thought, I declined. Every emotion, the sadness, the fear, the anger, the devastation was swirling and crashing around in my head, traveling through my every pore. Writing was an impossibility at that time. This was ironic as writing was my thing. It was my outlet, my comfort, and my talent. But simply put, I did not believe that my dad would benefit in any way from my words. He was gone. And thankfully, I had done a good job of letting him know how loved and appreciated he was during our 21 years together. 
I wondered why I needed to push myself to share my thoughts with others. Also, I believe that if I was able to eat and sleep and comfort my dad's parents, then I was doing enough. Sitting down to write was not something that I was able to consider. Written words versus a therapist's couch. Years later, I now realize that my mom had urged me to write something because she knew how therapeutic it would be for me. She also knew how I best express myself through writing. And she knew what I, a 21-year-old, was incapable of knowing at that time. This eulogy for my father would be a gift for me. Had I taken the time to write, my mom knew that it would comfort me to share my words and feel that cumulative love and support from those who adored him. It would soothe me to hear my words read and to know that my love for my father was not just in my head or my heart. It would be wafting around the room, falling onto the shoulders of the funeral room's inhabitants. It would be oozing into their minds. It would be tangible and real and lasting. It would be meaningful to my family and friends. It would honor my father. It would make his parents' heartache evaporate for a moment or two as that pain was replaced with beaming pride. It would be mine. It would be my dad's. It would be all of ours. A karmic opportunity to heal. Unfortunately, I simply could not create the tribute for my father. I could not bring myself to hold the pen, to face the reality that he was gone, to acknowledge that this funeral was even about to occur. So I cried. And then I busied myself. I began making funeral arrangements with my two sisters. My dad was an only child. His parents were struggling to cope with the loss of their 52-year-old son. My sisters and I picked out a casket and made arrangements and talked to the rabbi and made plans for my dad's dogs and cars and belongings and home. We were busy. Then, 20 years later, I found myself busy once again. That anniversary of his death was coming up, and I wanted to keep smiling and living and avoiding the pain. Yet, life offers us so many karmic opportunities wherein we can do something differently than the way in which we had done so before. We can learn and change and improve and heal. So just days before the 20th anniversary of my father's death, I finally slowed down. I faced the pain. And albeit a little late, I finally had some words to share. I am grateful that I have a mom who encouraged me to write when my dad died and that she still encourages me to write today. I am grateful that a love for words and reading and expression and honesty and authenticity is ignited within me because of both of my parents. So in honor of my mom and in memory of my dad, I finally sat down to write that eulogy. Finally, that long overdue eulogy for you, Dad. It is hard to believe that 20 years have gone by as it feels like yesterday when I watched you prepare your final Thanksgiving feast in your kitchen. Your enthusiasm for cooking was just one of your many passions. From your unique ratatouille dish to a perfect French onion soup, you put so much of your energy into each creation. That was how you did everything with strength and passion. It has helped me to accept the fact that your life was cut short, knowing that you packed more into each moment than many experience in a lifetime. You knew how to feel and how to love and how to laugh. You did everything in such a big way. Even your exit from this earth was done with that zeal. With drama and flair, right in the middle of the courtroom, you asked the judge for a minute and then suffered a heart attack that no one expected. There we stood, feeling lost and alone. Some lost their best friend. Some lost the love of their lives. Some lost their divorce lawyer. But my sisters and I lost our daddy. 
and I lost my string to the balloon of youthful innocence that was floating high above my head. It remained there, but I could no longer grasp at it. I lost my favorite chess opponent and crossword puzzle assistant. I lost my determined basketball coach. I lost my brilliant confidant and advisor. I lost my boundless dictionary and source for learning anything about everything. I lost the wonderful person who gave me the passion that flows through my veins. But then again, did I really lose all of that? What flowed through my veins 20 years ago only flows with more veracity and fervor today. The gifts you have given me are timeless and permanent. The cuddles and laughter, the lessons and corrections. Yes, I remember to drop my voice at the end of a sentence. And yes, I stand up straight. The philosophical conversations in the quiet time, the dogs and the walks, the road trips, and my endless questions, the excitement and the wonder. You encouraged all of that. You gave me all of that. That is with me still today. Your life was cut short, but you lived without regret. You lived with love. You lived with style. You lived life your way, as the Frank Sinatra song so perfectly reflects. I can say with full confidence that you were a true individual, a nonconformist, a man who lived life his way. You raised three girls who have attempted each day to carry on that legacy. Now, as a mother of three, my life is full of joy and laughter, as well as some heartache and pain. But through it all, I have learned how to enjoy the moments. I have learned how to improve and evolve. I have learned how to slow down. And I have learned that it is never too late for anything, not even for writing a 20-year-old eulogy. Type, write, journal, and heal. So much of writing involves being vulnerable. Not only do we put our work out there and risk critique from strangers, but we risk the strength of our own walls as well. Maybe there are thoughts you have buried. Maybe there are concepts such as our existence or our impending death that are too scary to approach. Maybe there is a eulogy that you never wrote. But take the leap. Go on that figurative or literal journey and only bring your laptop with you. Write with the intention of only sharing your words with your own self. See if that enables you to be more free. Who knows? Maybe at the end of your exercise, you will have resolved some buried issues therapists have not been able to touch. Or maybe you have honored a loved one and in so doing, honored yourself. If you enjoyed this, you may also like our other podcasts, The Productivity Digest, The Psychology Digest, and The Life Digest. Stay curious, stay inspired, and thanks for listening.